Hey everyone, we're back again with another episode of Girl Maids Show, the relationships podcast for people in relationship with TV. Mm-hmm. Try to do it a little differently this week. I like it. I like that you've been kind of switching it up. Thank you. Trying to make it sound natural because I always just feel like it doesn't. I think it does. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Today we're we're not branching outside of TV, but we're we're staying in the streaming realm. But we're gonna talk movies on streaming platforms. I'm very excited about it because I have a very hard time watching movies, like, while they're streaming, alone especially. Like, I don't know what it is, but it just is really hard for me to, like, watch a movie. A TV show's way easier. Even if I'm watching six episodes in a row, which is, like, two movies, for some reason it's way more, it's way easier for me to get through. Yeah, no, I'm the same way, and it's not even just because of this podcast. I feel like I felt like that even long before. Exactly. Me too. So I was excited because we're going to talk about some movies today that I have been wanting to watch for a long time. So I kind of forced Jordan into this idea that we should watch them for the (laughs) podcast because that would actually force me to sit down and watch them. And of course I love them and I'm so glad I watched them, but I would have never done it on my own. Yeah. I agree. And I'm happy to be your captive, (laughs) your prisoner in this request you made. (laughs) So for our top three, we're going to give our top three favorite movies that are available on streaming platforms. So the platforms we're including are Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, and HBO. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Those are the ones I picked from. And so these can be movies that we already love that happen to be available, right? Yes. Okay, good. Because that's how I, that was my own criteria. Okay, I think it's your turn to go. Okay, I think you're right. Okay, my number three is one I discovered was streaming today, and I was happy, but it's number three because I also own it on DVD. (laughs) Okay, wait, can I make a guess? Yes. Is it Freaky Friday? How did you know that? Did you see my phone? (laughs) No, I really didn't. I have it as a bonus in my phone because I didn't know it was streaming either until I was scrolling through. Yeah. And I saw that it was on HBO mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I bet you Jordan picks it. So You were right. I know you very well, apparently. You really, really do. I that was gonna be scary if I was wrong. I mean it wouldn't be scary, it would be fine, but <laughs> it's just really good that I was right. <laughs> it's scary. It's it would be scary if you were wrong. It's also scary that you're right. Yeah. 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 Um It's a well-known fact about me. I am obsessed with the movie Freaky Friday from 2003, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, who I worship, Mm -hmm. and Lindsay Lohan. And Chad Michael Murray. (laughs) I always forget that he's in it. That's all. Career best work from all of them. Yeah. Even though that might not be true because they're all, all three of them are great. And I just remembered how amazing Lindsay Lohan is in Parent Trap. Yeah. But I love this movie. And Mean Girls. And Mean Girls. She's in this trifecta of perfect movies. But yeah, Freaky Friday is amazing. It holds up like, whoa. It's hilarious. I quote it all the time without even realizing it. Mm -hmm. It is just a true delight of a film that I don't think people talk about enough. The soundtrack is amazing. I still listen to Ultimate. It's a beautiful song about friendship Mm -hmm. or love. All kinds of relationships. (laughs) I also love the other song that they perform at the Wango Tango House of Blues. Uh Uh-huh. It's all great. Yeah, I remember, like, illegally downloading MP3s of those Mm. to put them on my 
iPod. <laughs> it's, ugh, that sentence alone is beautiful. Ugh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were so blessed good. to live in that generation. Yeah, we really were. It's just, it is so funny, and I feel like it's like perfectly paced. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's I'm I might go home and watch it after we record this. It makes me so happy. Yeah, I was honestly tempted to watch it too. Okay, for my number three, I'm going to stick with the Chad Michael Murray. It's a Cinderella story. <laughs> I just like, so good. it never gets old. And it's also a movie I'm always quoting. And I mean, Hilary Duff at her prime. Mm-hmm. Actually, she's pretty good now, I think. Yeah, this was like peak, um, like post, right after her, uh, Lizzie McGuire, Hilary Duff. Yeah. Yeah. She's so cute in that movie. And Jennifer Coolidge. She's awesome. She, I mean, she kind of is the whole movie. I think she steals the show for sure. Yeah. The part when she's like, I've never seen my dead husband's <laughs> hidden will before. That's hilarious. Everything I quote is from her. <laughs> and as an Oscar winner, Regina King. Yeah, Regina King will always be, her number one movie to me will be A Cinderella Story. She's great in it. Okay, my number two is Frances Ha on Netflix. I also saw that and was wondering if you would choose it, and I'm glad you did. Because I was so glad that you told me to watch it. It is so good. It's probably one of the most relatable movies to those of us in our late 20s, early 30s. Mm -hmm. Just, like, trying to figure out what you're going to do and not really... Like, going through a period of time where, like, you're not falling into the right things. Like, things are not falling into place. And I don't feel like there's... Maybe there are a lot of shows and movies about that, but none of them feel as real as this one does. Mm-hmm. It's Greta Gerwig um, in the lead role. She's amazing in it. Yeah, she is really good. Because she's, like... She's not necessarily weird, like, totally weirdo kind of girl, but she's very, like, offbeat. And, mm-hmm. like, people like her and relate to her, but... At a party, like, she'll say something that's a joke, and some people will be like, what? Yeah, well, she just feels like it's a very it's a very real person. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's real, and it's still feel-good, mm-hmm. too. And, and it's laugh-out-loud funny. And Adam Driver is in it. Adam Driver's in it. Um, Mr. Maisel <laughs> is in it. <laughs> Joe? Joel. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's been a while. And Maisel's... Well, no, Maisel is his last name. I always forget that that's not her maiden name. But he's in it, and he's actually really cute in it. He doesn't have that awful hair yeah, that doesn't flatter him in the show. But, yeah, it's just really good. Yeah, it is really good. So it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's in black and white. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Highly, highly recommend if you haven't seen that already. Or if you have seen it, watch it again, because I... Liked it even more the second time I watched it. Yeah, I need to watch that one again. My number two is my favorite movie from 2017, which was Phantom Thread. It's, where is that one streaming? It's on HBO. Wow. You should rewatch it. I really should rewatch it. Okay, full disclosure, I did not love it the first time. And I really think a lot of that is to do with there was this vent next to my seat that was clicking the whole movie. Really loudly. Like, I could tap my foot to the beat of the cl- mm. the thing. And it just... Which is, if you've seen Phantom Thread, you know that that's, like, a very ironic thing to happen <laughs> while you're watching that movie. Seriously. It was my most Woodcock moment of all time. <laughs> um, but speaking of that, 
I also have misnophonia, which is the disease. <laughs> it is a disorder, at yeah, least. Yeah, disorder. Um, where, like, noises, repetitive noises drive you insane, which Daniel Day-Lewis kind of has that in the movie. And so, A, that was hilarious and also very, very relatable. I wouldn't say I related to anything else in the movie, <laughs> but everything is just, that's, it's so beautiful. I've already talked about the the New Year's party that happens. Mm-hmm. That is, I loved that part. Even, yeah, it's amazing. Even with the click. And I just love a dark, twisted com- comedy. It really was a comedy. Yeah. I think another thing with my experience with that movie was that, you know, sometimes, like, even if you don't think you have expectations for a movie, mm-hmm. and you, but, like, you still let that kind of, even if it falls short of what you didn't even realize you expected, you're kind yeah. of, like, dissatisfied with mm-hmm. it. So I definitely need to watch it again. Yeah. I think that's what happened. I think so, too. And it's just a movie that the more you think about it, well, for me and for other people who I've talked to about it, like, the longer it is, the more you think about it. And I think that's a good movie. If yeah. you're still thinking about it days, weeks, or, like, years later. Um, and it was, like, filmed on film, so it's really beautiful. And I saw it in theaters, I think, three times. That's love. Yeah, now it's on HBO. So if and you haven't seen it, go watch it. And if you have and need to watch it again, go watch it. I need to watch it again. And the costumes. Yeah, yeah. With goes without saying, but yes. Yeah. Beautiful. So Amazing. Great. Okay, that's a great one. And I'm really happy to know that it's streaming. So I've already learned a lot. Perfect. Okay, my number one. Do you have a guess... To what it is? No, I don't. It's streaming on Prime, and it's Bernie. Oh, another movie that you've always told me to watch, and I haven't. So. You haven't seen it? No. Oh my gosh. Um, if you weren't, if your immediate homework weren't to finish Game of Thrones tonight, <laughs> then I would be, be like, next. "We're watching this after we watch Freaking <laughs> Friday." <laughs> but this movie, Bernie. If you've never heard of it or never seen it. Please watch it. It is unlike any movie I've ever seen. So the premise of Bernie, and you probably know this because I ha- I do talk about it. I specifically a lot. remember we went to Tokyo before, and well, before what we went to Tokyo, and while we were waiting in line for um, customs, I specifically have a very vivid memory of you telling me the premise of this movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember that that's amazing <laughs> i'm like in like some sort of fever dream just talking about bernie well, i'm sure there was like something that sparked had, your memory yeah but it. it's so funny because like it's set in texas like i wonder what it was that reminded <laughs> me of it so it's directed by richard linklater who did school of rock and um boyhood and the um before midnight series which i've never seen but really want to yeah with ethan hawk so Bernie is half documentary, half reenactment of this really crazy story in this small Texas town. And it's a true story. And the story is about this man named Bernie who works at the funeral parlor. And the whole town is obsessed with him because he's super nice. He's like kind of a young guy, like in his 30s, I want to say. And this town has like it's just all these quirky characters who love Bernie so much. Like, oh, he made my relative's funeral so beautiful and all this stuff. He There's this really mean old lady that lives in the town that everyone hates. 
and Bernie even befriends her and they become like inseparable best friends. And um, I don't want to spoil things because yeah, it's kind of like the main story, <laughs> but I still won't say exactly what happens. But anyway, in the movie, there's all these talking heads of people that live in the town in real life. And they're being interviewed by Richard Linklater about Bernie and about this other woman and like all the stuff that happens. While Jack Black is playing Bernie, Shirley MacLaine is playing the old woman. And then later, Matthew McConaughey is playing, like, the DA, hmm. or the Attorney General, mm-hmm. I mean, of, in Texas. And so it's like, you have all these people who really knew these people in real life, and then you're also watching a movie starring Jack Black and Shirley MacLaine as they, like, act out what they're saying. I love it. It's so weird and so good. I cannot recommend this movie enough. It's so good. And I was so happy because I think it used to be on Prime, and then it got taken down, and so I was so excited to see it again today. We learned a lot of things while doing our research today. We really did. My number one is kind of the same thing. It was on Netflix and they took it away and I was really sad um, because this movie is kind of my go-to movie anytime, anytime really, but especially when I'm sad. I love watching this movie. And so I was excited when I saw that it's on Amazon. So both of our number ones are on Amazon. Dang. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They really came through for us. Yeah. Did I mention that A Cinderella Story was on Netflix? I don't I know, remember. but if I didn't, I'm doing it now. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so my number one is Elizabethtown. Oh, I've never seen that. Which a lot of people haven't seen, and I don't know why, because A, it's so good. B, it has Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, two of the greats. Yeah. According to us. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, uh, Kirsten plays a flight attendant in Orlando Bloom. He was, like, about to commit suicide, and then he found out that his father died. And so it's kind of, like, him resolving that and, like, figuring his life out. And they come together, and it's just really beautiful and really funny, but also really heartbreaking and... Yeah, my friend Steven showed it to me, and I was like, why have I never seen this movie? And now every time I mention it, I feel like it's very rare that I meet someone who's also seen it. Which is so weird, because it's not like it wasn't mainstream when it came out. Yeah. So it's surprising that so many people haven't seen it. Yeah, but I don't think a single one of our friends has seen it. Yeah, because I remember when you made everyone list out their favorite movies of all time. I made them. (laughs) I'm a very controlling friend. Strongly persuaded us to do that. (laughs) Which, I mean, we all hate talking about movies and ranking (laughs) movies, so how dare you? (laughs) But I remember that um, that was on your list and, like, none of us had ever seen it. Mm -hmm. And that was the only one on my list that was on streaming services. Dang. Did you have any bonuses? I did have a very important bonus, and it's Wish Upon a Star, (gasps) which is on Prime right now. Amazon really killing it. They really, they have a really great mix they usually have the newest movies, I feel mm-hmm. like, and oldest all yeah. at once. Well, because I was also going to mention a couple of Oscar snubs that are now on oh. streaming services because Eighth Grade is on Amazon. I saw that too. And I would rewatch that. Yeah. Um, Won't You Be My Neighbor is on HBO. That's really important for everyone to watch. And Identical Three Strangers is on Hulu. 
I saw that when I was scrolling through too, and I totally forgot because yeah. I never saw that. You gotta watch it. I'm excited to watch that one. So I yeah. feel like was that one also on Prime? There was some overlap. I think. Oh, I'm not sure. I'll don't um quote me on that, but for sure it's on. Yeah, for sure it's Hulu. on Hulu. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Makes me um like actually crave a movie, which hasn't happened for a while. Totally. Mm, I love all those. Hopefully, gave you some ideas. Of movies you haven't seen or movies you forgot you love and now can go back and watch them. Exactly. I was going to say for free, but I guess you pay for streaming services, but it feels like a free movie. Yeah. I was just thinking that the other day. I was like, oh, I think it was when we were talking about trying to watch all the X-Men movies. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I hate like paying to watch them. But it's like, oh, I pay every month Uh for all of these. But it is crazy (laughs) that we have all these movies at our fingertips. And we never are watching them. Yeah. Man, remember the good old days of Redbox? Yeah. Or even Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Well, to start off our TV news, we have a sad one. Luke Perry passed away today. Really he had a sad stroke. News. Yeah. He was only 52. Yeah. Not a ton of the Riverdale characters have characters, actors, have talked about it. I think it's really hard. For them to process. Who yeah. did he? So he, whose dad did he play on the show? He played KJ Appa's dad. Archie. Archie. Right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he was Archie's dad. Dang. So I wonder what they'll do. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak to the plot lines of the, like where that would fit in with the show, you know? Well, I can't either because I'm not even caught up. <sighs> but yeah, so that's really sad. And People have been sharing stories about him all day, and he just seems like he was a really great guy. Yeah, people really loved him. Yeah. Which is also, I was kind of surprised because usually early 90s heartthrobs have, like, all gone way, way too hard into the party scene Mm -hmm. and, like, are kind of messed up now, but he seemed like he was just, like, a really sweet, caring guy. Mm -hmm. And he really had, like, such a good relationship with the younger people on Riverdale. Like, I loved watching interviews with all of them. Like, the way they interacted was so precious. That's so sad. Well, and all of his 90210 co-stars are really sad, and, like, mm-hmm. all spoke really highly of him. Yeah. It was really, really, really sad. One thing I was really excited about, now that uh, we're Game of Thrones stands, I'm caught up with the last season. As of publishing this episode, Taylor will be, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um... All these new posters dropped this week from HBO of all the characters sitting on the Iron Throne. And Entertainment Weekly dropped all these beautiful portraits today. And it's just been really fun to actually be included (laughs) this time around. And it's just like, it's so easy to get caught up in all the excitement of the last season. Well, and it just, I remember when we started this, we were like, I was saying like, Game of Thrones is like my TV blind spot. Mm -hmm. And... Wow, was it? Because I really didn't think it could be as good as people made it seem, but it really is. It really is. It lives up to all the hype. I think it exceeds any hype I ever heard. Totally. Because um, the character development is unreal. Like, I'm really excited to go back and watch some episodes from season one because it'll just be so funny to compare these characters uh, to now, to where Mm -hmm. they started, and... This show's been on since 2011, so they were all so young filming it and stuff. So it's really, I, yeah, I really, really fell in love with season seven. It was so good. 
I thought. And, like, the number of characters. There's so many main characters to develop, Mm -hmm. and so that's amazing. Yeah. You really have to have respect for how difficult that would be. That's April 14th, right? Yeah. Have it ingrained in my memory. I know. Love standing appointments every Sunday night. Um, did you watch the new Queer Eye commercial? I did. Commercial? (laughs) Preview? I don't know. What's it called? All the above, right? Yeah. I got a little teary-eyed, so... I did, too. I'm already excited. <sighs> Such a good show. I can't wait. That's only in, like, two weeks, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait. It's a perfect thing to binge, because you truly leave feeling so good about yourself mm-hmm. and just happy about the world. Yeah, I'm excited to feel that way again. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it'll be... I feel like I've only gotten to know the guys... Well, not... Well, you know, the guys better... Um, over time because of their social media. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it'll even be, every season is even more fun because I feel like I know them better and totally. I'm like more emotionally attached. Yeah. So it'll be awesome. That's all I had. You're not going to talk about the Babysitter's Club? Okay. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um, Netflix is rebooting Babysitter's Club as a TV show mm-hmm. and it's going to be done by one of the creators of Glow. So we already know it's going to be incredible. Super, super good. I was obsessed with the Babysitter's Club books as a kid, and um, it's just going to be a real joy to watch it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And I read something that they're going to set it modern day. It's not going to be like 90s. Cool. So that'll be a kind of fun twist. It'll be great. Something that I just saw today, which I was so excited that we would get to talk about it, is that Amazon is creating a Jonas Brothers documentary. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm very excited about that. Because, Their second documentary. Yeah, if you didn't know, they're back. And yeah, their first movie was in theaters, and it was also amazing. So I'm excited to see what Amazon does. And I think it'll be interesting to see... Like, I don't know how far back it's going, if it was, like, them getting back together or, like, what, but I think it'll be really interesting. Yeah, or will it be, like, a straight-up, their whole life story kind of thing? Yeah, I don't know. Dang. It just says, the documentary will give a fa- give fans an intimate look into the lives of Kevin, Nick, and Joe. Dot, dot, dot. Dang. Know. Well, I'm excited about that. I still like the Jonas Brothers, and I think their new song is amazing. Yeah, I agree. And the video's really, really amazing. Good. It's so much fun. Okay, so we have three movies to briefly discuss, and we recommend all three of them. Yeah, three out of three. Great. The first one we watched was Paddleton. I repeat, it's called Paddleton. I, part of me still, for some reason, thinks it's called Pendleton. It's not called Pendleton. Or people keep getting it confused with the bear. Paddington. Yes. (laughs) It sounds even more like Paddington than Pendleton. So it is very confusing. It's Paddleton. Yes. Um, And then the second one we watched was Period, End of Sentence, which won an Oscar. And the third one is called Minding the Gap. And it was nominated for an Oscar. Yes. And um, (laughs) I literally almost called it Pendleton again. (laughs) Stupid. Oh, yeah. Paddleton and Period End of Sentence are both on Netflix. Yes. And And, um, Period End of Sentence, I had forgotten that it was nominated for a documentary short. And Mm -hmm. so it's only 30 minutes long. 
And honestly, it was the best 30 minutes of my life. I, well, I wish it were longer. It was so good. It was really good. The storytelling is amazing because they are able to tell like a really in-depth story in a short amount of time. Yeah, it was really good. Instead of using subtitles, they use a lot of voiceover. And I think it really helps move the story along. Mm -hmm. And I really like the way that they did it. I feel like it helped me connect with all the people in the mo- in the documentary mm-hmm. because um however they they translated it it was really really conversational and natural sounding mm-hmm. and it was just really really good i feel like it grabbed us all all of us who are watching really like brought us into the story more yeah and now that we've finished talking about it we'll tell you what it was about <laughs> <laughs> You're on the edge of your seat. <laughs> I mean, the title does say a lot. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but, um, so it's about, um, this really, really small area in India where it's, they, it, well, it's interesting to call it, like, third world because they had phones, mm-hmm. but they, the... And they, like, go to private school, they wear uniforms. Yeah, so it's just kind of, it's very, um, different than, like, modern American life, basically, but... One of the biggest struggles in the area is that when women get their periods, they don't have really any resources for them at all, like mm-hmm. sanitary resources. They just use cloth, which does not work. And like this one woman is telling her experience where she ended up dropping out of school because she would have to, every time she got her period every month, she would have to go home and change and make a mess basically the whole way back. Extremely uncomfortable. And people would, like, make fun of her yeah, and this it's like journey such... to and from school. And, like, she'd have to make that journey back and forth all day and be missing class just to try and take care of her period. And right. so eventually she just dropped out. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, a very taboo subject over there. So, like, mm-hmm. no one wanted to talk about it. And the boys just, like, were, like, didn't even know what it was. Yeah, it was actually crazy. Like, even words that, like, here would make people, like, maybe giggle because here there's still an annoying stigma around it, too. Mm-hmm. But there, like, they didn't even know what half the words meant. Yeah. Like, pads or... Menstruation. Yeah. So it was really interesting. They all thought it was, like, a disease. Mm-hmm. And it was really sad because that's... That um, woman who was telling her story, It was that's a really common experience mm-hmm. for women over there. And so then it's even harder for these women to get an education and then get jobs and follow their dreams because... They dropped out of school over their periods, which is horrible. And so they did have access to pads, but I, they the stores weren't just in their nearby like town little like grocery stands. I think they had to go kind of far to get them, and they were too embarrassed to purchase them. Yeah. And they were expensive. And so for most of them, it just was more of a hassle than anything that wasn't worth it. But then this man comes to their city, and he has... Like a mach- he shows them these machines that they can use to create pads that are like extremely ex- absorbent. They're like really high quality, mm-hmm. um, but they're cheaper. And they all these women come together to like they now work like in this kind of small factory essentially, and they go around and start selling pads throughout the their town. Yeah, they're like knocking door to door and selling it that way, and also selling it to little convenience stores to have them sell it them as well yeah and it's cool because not only does that provide the pads to the women in this 
city who previously couldn't really access them, but it's also providing a lot of jobs for all these women who have never had jobs before. Yeah. It's so. really uplifting and really amazing. Yeah, it was really good. Highly recommend watching it. And it's only 30 minutes. Yeah. Maybe even 29. Yeah. It might be even less than 30. <laughs> 30 minutes or less. I feel like that was the more the most uplifting one we watched. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The other two were major downers. Yes. <laughs> really good, but really sad. Let's talk about Paddleton second, maybe. Okay. Yes, Paddleton. It was at Sundance. Mm-hmm. We didn't see it at Sundance, but now it's on Netflix, and it stars Mark Duplass and Ray Romano, and it's about their best friends, and they do everything together, and one of them gets cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just about their friendship. Yeah. That's, it basically is, because it just, yes, the cancer is obviously a a huge plot point, but it's really more like, how do they both cope with it, Mm -hmm. and how do they figure out how to express how important they are to each other? Yeah. Which I think, uh, male-to-male relationships have always been really fascinating to me, because I think in our society, we kind of look down upon men being vulnerable with other men. Oh, for sure. And so I really liked this idea of showing that side of their relationship and thought it was really special. There were some moments where it's just like these long scenes and both Ray Romano and Mark Duplass were amazing actors in this movie. Mm -hmm. There were like scenes of silence, scenes of crying, scenes of like serious conversations and also of them playing this game they made up called Paddleton. That's why it's called that. (laughs) But yeah, I really, I think we both really liked it. The only um, con I think both of us would have to say is Ray Romano's wearing a weird wig. (laughs) I meant to research his hair in this movie because it was it was distracting. Yeah, it was. He's just like older and there's like gray streaks in his hair, but it feels like they could have done that with his real hair, but. Well, he already has gray streaks. Yeah. It was weird. What if it wasn't a wig? Well, that's what I was just wondering. If it's not a wig, they should have styled his hair better because it looks really fake. Yeah. Which, it is weird because he, he's not, like, balding. No. And even if he were, I feel like why would they not just have his character be balding? Yeah. He's not supposed to be young. No. So, it was odd. It's funny, too, because uh, they tried to make Mark Duplass, I think, kind of seem kind of like a loser, but we thought he was really hot in this movie. (laughs) It's true. He looked good. There's a part where I think he had, was supposed to look like he'd been going through a really rough time, but his hair was like kind of messed up and I was like, oh, you're hot. (laughs) Yeah, he could get it. Yeah. He had like a mustache, which I hate. Usually, yeah. But he pulled it off. Mm -hmm. And he was supposed to be wearing clothes that were like really weird, but I thought they were all cool. Yeah, every time we were excited to see what kind of shirt he was wearing because they were all really interesting and funny. Yeah, so it was a, it was a good movie. Yeah. I felt like it's one of those movies that feels like it could easily just be like a stage play mm-hmm. of just these two guys like sitting in chairs, totally. like just have like reading the same lines as in the movie, mm-hmm. and it would be equally as emotionally effective. Yes, it was really good. Yeah, and it's only an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> We're always about that time. Seriously, it's like if we want to get back into watching a lot, as many movies as we watch shows. It's like they have to kind of be short. Yeah. 
And but it was still like it was a very slow moving movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. And yeah, great. yeah, it was really good, especially because and I even said this while we were watching it. I was having a hard time kind of emotionally connecting to the two characters at first, but I think they want you to feel like that because then by the end, I was very emotionally attached to them. And that's kind of like how they were in the movie Mm -hmm. because it starts out like very superficial conversation. Mm -hmm. Like obviously they care about each other because they're spending so much time together, but they don't really go deeper with their conversation, even like right after he's diagnosed with cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. But then as it goes on, time's not on their side. They kind of have to be vulnerable. And so that was almost my experience with the movie itself. Yeah. And to me, it was, it just um, went to show. They were trying to make you invested in the relationship and not necessarily in the individuals themselves, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. And like, it's like, you're not only caring about his cancer either no it's about more than that and like the little tiny things that were like at the beginning that you were talking about that like they weren't very like deeper um kind of um surface level conversations actually ended up being a lot deeper in the end Mm -hmm. and it kind of i feel like that's how true friendship is yeah i agree with that i think it was yeah what an intentional choice Mm -hmm. like it wasn't i think when it first started i was kind of like is this a comedy? I feel like the jokes are falling flat, but it was way deeper than that. Yeah, I ended up really liking that a lot. Me too. Um, and lastly, we watched Minding the Gap. Minding the Gap is on Hulu. Yeah, like we said, this one was nominated for an Oscar for Best Documentary. This one is about... It centers on three teenage friends, these three boys that mm-hmm. are living in Illinois, and they're all bonded because they all love skateboarding so much. And skateboarding proves to be kind of like an es- a common escape for all of them. Because as the movie goes on, you learn that they all have come from really hard households and childhoods. And one of the three friends is actually the one making the documentary yeah. and like interviewing his friends. Mm-hmm. It gets really, really deep. And... It's it's kind of a it's interesting that we watched this the same week as Paddleton because yeah, I was it's just thinking that it's so much about male friendships and it's funny because um in the summary on Hulu it talks about how like one of the things it says is they explore modern masculinity and I was like what because <laughs> they never outrightly say that no but it's just a really interesting analysis of the documentary because mm-hmm. I think that's true yes. Because so many of them are dealing with, like, their dads and their stepdads. And, like, mm-hmm. they're entering a dad. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. This movie is really deep. Well, and it's all these cr- different kinds of fatherhood. Yeah, which is crazy that it all stemmed from one small group of three friends. Seriously. And it's, it's like the kid whose name is Bing Lu who made this, who's also one of the featured friends in the documentary. He... It didn't seem like he set out to do this with this, like, common thread of fatherhood. Mm-mm. It just kind of happened that way. Like, he w- kind of was just always that kid with his a video, video recorder. A camcorder. <laughs> um, and would just always be recording them on skateboards and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of always seemed like that kid who was interested in that. And then it kind of evolved into years and years long of documenting and... Um, which I thought was really cool that, like, even as a 
teenager, he was, like, asking these intense questions. And, like, the kids were all really, like, felt really natural around him. Mm -hmm. And he was able to, like, get footage of really vulnerable and, like, intense situations that, as a teenager, I don't think I would have ever thought to do that. Oh, no way. And I'm a person who, like, likes videoing and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like it's so rare to see teenagers think outside themselves that much. Because I know, I feel like kind of talked thought about this when we were discussing Pen15, where it's like, when I found my old journals, it was just, like, embarrassing how self-centered I was. Like, did I even, like, I never would have, I don't know. Like, would I have even thought to go outside myself like that? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting for, like, a teenage boy to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really precious. Yeah, I loved it. I cried in it. To me, it was kind of a documentary version of Jonah Hill's mid-90s. Um, not even necessarily just because of the skateboarding, which is the main theme in both, but um, just the male-to-male interactions and friendships and vulnerability and, like, how they process abuse and friendships and relationships in general, I guess. So, and I really liked mid-90s, and I really like this. I think that was a beautiful summary and analysis of this documentary. I agree. Don't watch all three at once. Might be a little much, but... Yeah. And it's like, there's still lightness in the totally. heaviness, too. So it's not like you're going to watch this and feel like you just watched Abducted in Plain Sight or something. <laughs> because No, it's kind of refreshing because you you get to watch the boys kind of learn their lessons and yeah. like come to conclusions, which I think is rewarding. And you kind of feel like proud of them. Totally. Yeah, I grew to love those boys. They were really sweet. I know. I want to go find them and follow them on Instagram. Hey, yeah. Yeah, we're going to. That's our homework for the night. Stalk them. Find them mm-hmm. on Instagram. So yeah, highly recommend all three. Okay, so who is your crush of the week? <laughs> okay, my crush of the week is Gendry from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. He's played by Joseph Dempsey. And I he's like, this is a show with a lot of hot people. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, and like, he's, I think he's really, really hot, obviously. But there's just something that is so endearing about him that makes me... Just really drawn to him, even amongst all these really beautiful people that are in it more. Because <laughs> he hasn't been in it for a little while. I um, He was in the seventh season, but he wasn't in the fifth or sixth, maybe mm-hmm. even not even the fourth. But I just really love him. And he, um, Arya can trust him, which is hard to come by mm-hmm. in this crazy world of Game of Thrones. On Instagram, he posted some pictures from his Men's Health UK article. And I was like, whoa, I was right. <laughs> He's hot. <laughs> and it's funny because it's not even like, I don't even think he has a shirt off in any of the pictures, which is odd for men's health. Maybe they do it different in the UK. But he looked so good and I was just really excited about it. And I was really excited to see him again as I've been watching season seven. I told Jordan who my crush of the week was, but I'm switching it up on her because what? I want to kind of save him just in case I want to use him next week. Okay. That's allowed. <laughs> it was, I'm only disappointed because I was so excited that she also had a really weird crush on this character that I won't spoil. So you'll have to listen for next week. Um, well, because I remembered how much I was loving Mark Duplass. 
Oh, okay. And so I couldn't not. And it's relevant. Him. Yeah, it was, yeah. It felt a little bit more relevant, and maybe more people will know who he is. <laughs> we need to. <laughs> not everyone in. We're like the only ones in our immediate circle that have watched Game of Thrones, <laughs> and so um, yeah, we need to like add some variety <laughs> to yeah. our discussion. <laughs> well, and I just um wanted to share the fact that he is the younger du- Duplass brother, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I was really shocked by that information. I always thought Jay seemed younger, mm-hmm. but it's like I said, I really feel like Mindy Project forced me to believe that. Yeah, because Mark just seemed like he was the older brother. Yeah. How much older is Jay than Mark? So Mark was born in 76 and Jay was born in 73. Okay. So good genes. Very good genes. And he was on Busy Tonight and he played the song that he wrote for Sandra. What's her name? Bullock. (laughs) Sandra Bullock. Yeah. I was like, Sandra, just her name being Sandra sounds so weird. I love thinking about A-listers just on a first name basis. Like Brad Pitt. His name is Brad. Hey, Brad. <laughs> yeah, George weird. Clooney. His Mark. name is George Duplass. <laughs> he seems like a Mark, actually. <laughs> Guess you have some movie watching to do. Yeah. It's kind of fun to switch it up this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. And I really liked it, all three. And even though there were, like, some similarities between some of them, mm-hmm. they still all felt really different from each other. So yeah. it was, like, fun variety of yeah. media. One was a documentary... One was a documentary short, and one was a drama. Yeah. And even though they could get emotionally heavy, it really made me, like, hopeful about the world. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's all about helping each other and being vulnerable. Because I think you could say that um, period was also about vulnerability. Because- oh, 100%. So I like that that was kind of the theme of all three. Yeah, without even us knowing that that would be the theme. There always ends up being some common thread. It's so funny how that works out. It's like we're good at this or something. Wow, it's like we just can't be stopped. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Watch this. Watch the stuff. Watch the stuff. Tell us your thoughts. Thanks. Bye!